covenant with you. The depth of that covenant helped us to realize that covenant relationship was not with the blood of bulls and goats, just covering our sin. But it cleansed us of all sin, that your spirit might come and live in us, that we might be partakers of the divine nature. The things ahead of us in our life, we come into with your nature knowing that we are like you. We have been made to be like you. And where that was broken by sin, it was restored through the precious blood of Jesus. So we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Not only in the atmosphere, but you're in us. That you anoint us. That you desire to show yourself and manifest yourself through us. So teach us things that we don't yet know. Speak to us things that we've not yet heard. Show us things that we've not yet seen. That truly, God, that you would continue to prepare us for that which you have prepared for us. And when we arrive at that place that we are walking and stepping into, that we will occupy that place, it will not occupy us. It will not overwhelm us, for we have already seen and known that which you have said unto us. That that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you floods our heart with such light that we know the expectation of our calling. Make it more clear than ever before, O God, for this generation, for our time. For it is our time. It's not the time of the devil. It is the time and the day of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not time to be reigned over, but to reign in life through you. So open up our eyes to see that when we step out into tomorrow, that no matter what's going on, it's not great enough to overwhelm us, for the very spirit of the living God lives within us. And we have received the abundance of your grace. We've received the gift of righteousness. So we reign in life through Jesus Christ. Life does not reign over us. And in conducting ourselves in that covenant way, we shine as a light in the midst of a dark world. So we thank you, God. Bring us into that place that we enjoy. We see manifest the brightness of your rising, of the glory of God that rests upon us individually, rests upon your church. We thank you for that. What a great day to be alive. Thank you that you've called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. Help us to ask that question even as we lay down and we rise up. Could it be as we go out to work? Could it be as we face adversity? Could it be that you've called us to your kingdom for such a time as this yes. to make a dynamic change in our sphere of influence for your kingdom thank you Lord thank you for this gathering together that you might edify us build us up teach us exhort us that we might have a week like no other we'd realize at least in part the ministry that you've called us to begin to step into those greater graces so we give you glory honor praise and thanksgiving for what will be accomplished by your word and your spirit in every heart and in every life we thank you for it in Jesus name amen good evening church how are you this evening
Praise the Lord. Good to see you all. Glad that you're here tonight. Welcome. Welcome everybody that's joining us online tonight. We're glad that you are here. Why don't you greet three or four people around you? Tell them that you're glad that they're here tonight. God. Wow. Well, good to see you. Just want to remind you, um, Larry Hutton's going to be here next week all day long, and so you don't want to miss that. He'll bring a, a, a word in season. <clears throat> I believe that. <clears throat> Tremendous teacher of the Word of God, and so he'll be here all three services. Bring somebody with you. Praise the Lord. I remember years ago when Larry was here, and uh, man, he, uh, he was having a prayer line, and uh, you know, don't let this shake some of you up. It shouldn't shake some of you up. We believe in miracles. <clears throat> he got over, and uh, uh, a lady that came up for prayer, uh, a devil manifest. And, uh, you know, it was no big thing. She started, the devil started manifesting. Brother Larry just said, in the name of Jesus, you come out of her. Poof, she went to the ground. Man, when she got up, she was like, "Woo!" she's all free. And so anyway, signs and wonders, miracles, healings, follow his ministry. And so... Uh, you know, not really, you know, he doesn't do it in a real flamboyant way, just with the authority that God gives. Amen. And so uh, uh, just that'll be a good time. And then, uh, man, can you believe it? We're already on Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year. And then the 21st of January, Rick and Denise Renner will be here. And so mark your calendars for those things. Uh, great things are coming up. And then uh, if you've looked at the calendar uh, our corporate prayer time in the morning, there's always, we're hiccuping on when we're starting. Uh, we've been just uh, coming and going, but um, at the first week in December, we'll start in the morning, uh, and we'll be praying into uh, the new year, and um, I believe that God has uh, tremendous things uh, for us to pray into. I believe if you were here s second service this morning, just begin to talk a little bit about what we're talking about tonight, that we really are in a time of revival and, um, man, just being equipped for revival, the things that we're praying out and things uh, that I believe that we, as we pray into and we uh, take our stand in prayer, I like Pastor Mark Brzee, you know, he says prayer is processing the plan of God. Too often we spend time praying about what is and uh, God wants us to pray ahead. And, you know, he uses the analogy that when we get into prayer and we pray ahead and we arrive at places and there's a recognition, I've already been here. So instead of coming up on something, a barrier, and banging our head against the wall, so to speak, if we've already prayed that out, we just come on the wall and we move laterally up and down the wall to find the place we've already prayed through. And then instead of just pounding a new hole in the wall, we just find where we've already prayed it through and then we walk on through. Amen. Isn't that much better than banging your head against the wall? Nobody wants to bang their head against the wall. It just gives them a headache. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, if you weren't here this morning, you weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, I want to give you that opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, uh, you can raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. Praise the Lord. We're so uh, thankful for your participation, your giving. Uh, couldn't do the things that we do really throughout and uh, you know, uh, Zane, when he's been sharing in different times on Sunday night, giving a testimony, uh, the number of uh, people uh, who are being saved in the jail ministry, touched uh, in just different aspects of growth. Like we said, just uh, last month, 
the youth aren't here today. They have their uh, activity night or whatever once a month. And last month, uh, four uh, high schoolers got born again at their activity night. Amen. And uh, people getting saved, giving their life to the Lord. Uh, healings. We're hearing of healings over and over and over again. And uh, really some miraculous things taking place, things that doctors said wouldn't take place, taking place. I believe they're going to increase more and more. And uh, not only here, you know, in, in we, we minister in the jail, the extended table, uh, the churches that we've planted. Um, so you're, you're, what you're giving goes to reaching people here, here in the local church community with children and youth and the ministry that goes on, but also in our community, in our region. And then we have our team, uh, missions team in Nepal right now. Uh, ministering. Looks like they're having a tremendous uh, time of ministry there. So it goes into all the world. So we're thankful for your generosity. There's fruit for you in heaven. In heaven. And you might not care about this, but I think it's going to be exciting if it turns out, you know, like people imagine, you know, you'll, you'll get to heaven one day. Hopefully we'll all get to heaven um, and we won't even have to leave these bodies because Jesus is coming soon. Wouldn't that be awesome? But we get to heaven, and somebody walks up, you know, and you don't know them, which will be real easy for me. People walk up to me in the grocery store sometimes, and I'm having trouble recognizing who they are. And uh, praise the Lord, they walk up and they say, I'm here in heaven because you gave. Man, that'll be awesome. You'll say, well, when did I do that? Well, you know, when that opportunity to give to missions, and you gave to missions. And that person came to my community and shared the gospel. And I was born again. Thank you for giving. Man, won't that be a wonderful time? That would be awesome. Say, how do you know it will turn out like that? I don't know. But, you know, God gave us an imagination. So it's fun to think about. Like, wow, we're all going to be one big family in heaven. So we get there some way. We, you know, somebody prayed for us. Somebody gave. Somebody came. Uh, we got it. So we're thankful. Amen. So we're thankful for your giving. Praise the Lord. We ready? Do all that? Father, we thank you. Every opportunity we have to give, we're so blessed. You have blessed us to be a blessing. We're in covenant with you. Everything that we have belongs to you. We're so grateful that everything you have belongs to us. So it's just so wonderful to honor you in our giving, to take that which you have blessed us with and cause it to be sown into the kingdom of God. And by your divine plan, that sowing of the seed that you provided for us creates a great harvest. Seed brought back to us, bread for food. But thank you, Lord, that that seed sown in one form, financially, produces hearts change, the precious fruit of the earth. So we thank you, Lord, that these, the giving tonight would result in souls saved into the kingdom of God. And then more seed will be given to each sower and bread for food so that your plan will be cultivated. You'll increase the fruit of our righteousness. You'll cause our hearts to be more generous than we ever could have imagined. That everything that you've placed within our life, not just what you've placed financially, but everything you've poured into our life, that spirit of generosity will come and we will let it an outflow of the abundance that you have given into our life, of love, of peace, of joy, of kindness, of goodness, just flow from us. So thank you when you give us an opportunity to give and be generous. It just sets 
a knowledge of your very divine nature. So we just command the blessings of the word of God upon each and every one. I thank you, Father, that you supply every need according to your riches and glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And um, praise the Lord. Before we get into the word, I just want to acknowledge uh, we have some special guests with us tonight. Praise the Lord. This morning, Miss Cindy Duvall was with us, and uh, she's still at our house. But uh, Pastor Craig and Sharon McCune are with us. Why don't you stand up? <laughs> praise the Lord. Honored that they are here, just in case you're new or you're here. You don't know. Uh, Pastor Craig and Sharon uh, planted New Creation Church around 42 years ago. And uh, some of you were here at that time. And uh, praise the Lord. We're so grateful and thankful for their faithfulness and diligence to do that, to pioneer, to plant, uh, to plow, to do all the hard work. <laughs> and uh, we got to be partakers of your hard work, and so we thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being here. Praise the Lord, and uh, hallelujah. Well, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, and um, y'all need to put that screen up right away. There we go. Ready, set, revival. Um, praise the Lord. We're getting uh, ready for the latter rain, and so again, as we go through Ephesians chapter 4, we're talking about this preparation time. It's continual. It's ongoing. As we're looking at this, we're also really endeavoring to cultivate the vision that we have at New Creation Church, which is every member in their place to see the glory of God and to possess the land. And so as we begin to go through this and, and endeavor to understand that there is really a plan of God. And last week, if you were here last week, we read uh, that, that prophecy or that dream that came forth from Tommy Hicks. In, uh, he was in South America, had that dream of the body of Christ rising up in such a, a, a tremendous way. First of all, he saw the body of Christ just laying in the earth. He said it looked like a great mountain range, and then it would move, and when it would move, just all these uh, creatures would just scatter. But then the body would kind of calm down, and they would all come back. But there was a time that he saw that the head would rise up, and it would begin, the whole body would rise, and all of the debris would just begin to go, and the hands of the body would reach into heaven, and all of a sudden there was lightnings of God. And the, the body stood up into heaven, and there was, there was light, and the body came so light and liquid light. And then all the body just melted into all the earth. It was humans everywhere. He said, ditch diggers and water washers, whatever those are, you know, washer women. And uh, anyway, different day, but every single person, no matter what their vocation, what they were, they were there in this liquid light that they had accepted. It said that the Lord Jesus Christ would point at some and call them and they would draw back into the darkness, but others would receive it and that liquid light would be there and they would stretch forth their hands and there was healings and signs and wonders and miracles that took place. So we're in a time where there's a revival coming and the body of Christ will rise and the Isaiah 60 moment where the body of Christ rises and shines because we realize our light has come. Our time, the revelation of our time has come and the earth is in darkness and deception and the people, deep darkness comes upon them. And we look at that and we're like, man, what is going on in the world? People are just like crazy because they're deceived. But it says that they'll be drawn 
to the brightness of our rising. So it's very important for us to understand that Jesus was the light of the world. He came and his life was the light of men. But he just said and pointed at all of us, really, his disciples. And he says, you are the light of the world. So that prophecy comes back that, yes, Jesus is the light that's the light of men, but we've received of his life. As we're talking about in in the morning services, if we understand covenant relationship, that we've entered into a divine covenant, not a blood of bulls and goats, that it becomes transactional. He covers me, so if I do this, he does that. No, the New Testament is not transactional. It's not the blood of bulls and goats, but the blood of Jesus that we now have partaken of that blood, and the life of all flesh is in the blood, that when we partake of that communion, that very life comes on the inside of us. The very Spirit of God comes on the inside of us. So that life that is the light of men wasn't just his, but it's ours, right? And so in that, we begin to see, and we haven't got there yet, but we're going to kind of join these together, that in a covenant ceremony, what you understand is after the, 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 the promises are and the blood is mingled and the scar is revealed and the terms of the covenant now, the blessings and the cursing are there, right after all that takes place, then gifts, covenant gifts are exchanged. So when it said that Jesus ascended on high and he gave gifts unto men, he's really still talking about this covenant relationship and the covenant that he cut through his blood. And without uh, those gifts have to do with the covenant relationship that we have, the graces, right, that come upon your life, the empowerment through his grace, through his favor, through his ability, through his divine influence. There's things that are upon your life through covenant, gifts from God, gifts that really are revealed in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the preparation of that and the readiness for that, wherever you go, wherever you go to serve people, the goodness of God. So when we talk about ministry, we're talking about how we serve one another in the body. We're preparing as we serve one another. We're preparing in different ways to serve, but we're also in serving, looking and locating graces and gifts in our life. And as we develop those graces and gifts through the faithfulness that goes on, we start to realize there's stuff, there's an anointing or a grace or an impartation that's upon my life that I carry all the time. So it's not just Sunday morning, I check in, I do a work, I check out. But it's something that I minister here, but I also minister in my family, and I also minister at work. I minister when I come in contact with people. There's something that is an outflow of my life that is not simply of me, but it's of God. Right? So revival starts to take place in the way that we, you know, tried to stir our hearts by that prophecy. So here in Ephesians chapter 4, And uh, we're going to jump in at verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Man. He wants to fill everything. He says, you and I, his body, are the fullness of him 
who fills everything everywhere. You are a container of God that wherever you go, you fill that space with him. You are a vessel that he moved on the inside of. So sometimes we don't know that. Jesus said, why would you put your light under a bushel? So sometimes when we go out of the four walls of the church, then we get out in the world and we're like, okay, I have my world bushel because it kind of covers and dims the light, right? And then when I come to church, I take the bushel off to shine. He said, don't do that. Don't put your light under the bushel so you look like the rest of the world. Let your light so shine before men, right, that they might glorify God. So we understand, man, I'm a vessel. When I show up, I fill that space with the fullness of who he is. So we're on ready. We're listening. How do I fill this spot? Just normally fill this spot. Man, there's some things that will be extraordinary and there's some things that are going to be so mellow that nobody will really notice you'll just speak you'll teach somebody something and it won't be spectacular but it'll be supernatural the words that you speak by unction of the spirit of God will penetrate to their heart and God will use it and change their life in a critical way But whether we know it or not, we have to have confidence in that grace that's on our life. All right. So he wants to fill up wherever you are with him. Right? I mean, thank God for filling the building. He wants to fill the building with himself and with all kinds of people fill the building. But he also wants to fill you when we're all together so that you go fill places where you're at. He doesn't want you, be, you know, really, if you say, come in on Sunday and say, I'm half empty, you know, I'm empty, I'm here. So why are you empty? Because I poured out everywhere. That would be good. But we understand this, we don't get so empty because we have a wellspring of life springing up from the inside. There's an overflow. We're carrying that. All right. So he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. So we'll just take a, take a break. We said this. For the work of ministry. For the work. Work. Somebody say work. 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 <laughs> when we go to Bible school, Pastor Hagen always says this. You spell ministry, W-O-R-K. And everybody who went to Raymond said W-O-R-K. Right? We know that. Because sometimes you think, well, this is a career choice because, you know, ministry, you only work one day a week. Didn't you know that? Well, if you all are called to ministry, how come you're not working one day a week? No, it's every day, right? And it's the work of ministry. We serve, really, the ministry is serving one another, right? Even Paul said, I'm a servant. If you go back to that, that word just means, uh, um, when he says, I'm a minister, some of it is even translated, I'm a servant of God and a steward. We'll look at that. And so sometimes, you know, we, we think ministry is way up here, but he says, you know, uh, you, you need to be a servant of all. Jesus said, you know, and if you want to be the, 
head of something, you have to be the servant of all, right? And so there's transition that takes place, but he says we're the equipping of the saints for the work of serving for the edifying of the body of Christ, who we all call to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature, complete man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there's something going on as we grow, as we're equipped through the fivefold ministry gifts, as we're equipped to serve one another, there's an interjoining of the individual members of the body to arise to be the body of Christ. So there's something that's going on. Certainly we look at it, we, we endeavor to do it as a local church body, but there's something going on in the world today that it's not just about the local church body, it's about how the local church bodies unite together for even a greater purpose, a kingdom purpose, right? So each one ha- may have their, their unique uh, uh, parts, just like your hands and your feet have their unique parts, uh, differences, but they all work together in the body. So we're working together. Something's going on in the body in the uniqueness that's taking place. So we're equipped to do that. And in that equipping and the, and the, the edification that comes, the knowledge that comes, the unity that comes, there is a completing of the body of Christ. There's a perfecting of the body of Christ where the church looks more and more like a mature Jesus. So that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Man, I'll tell you, there's just, if you want to have winds of doctrine, man, social media, the internet has really made available every wind of doctrine. Praise the Lord. And not all that doctrine is bad. But sometimes you just need enough doctrine to keep you living and moving and breathing. You don't need a new thing. You just need to, the, the greater wisdom and, and, and to practice what you do know. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, till we no longer toss to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. All right, so we're just going to go through a couple of things in, in the equipping, uh, our equipping for work of ministry. Amen? Because as revival breaks out, each one is going to call, be called upon to minister in different ways. And so uh, we'll get into it. We, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went to Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we began to look at the myriad of things that God has done to put uh, and put graces upon us. And, and really, you know, you can agree or disagree uh, however you want, but I don't believe that that's an exhaustive list. First Corinthians, uh, Romans chapter 12 are some of these graces, prophecy, teaching, giving, exhorting, right? First Corinthians labels some of the same and some different ones. Helps, right? Miracles. He calls those giftings that come upon us. So there's different things that will take place. And I believe that God is really uh, preparing us for something that we do as a body. He's increasing some things. You know, you, you have been here and, and, you know, heard, and Pastor Mark Brzee has been here a few times, and I don't know, it had to be uh, probably eight or nine years ago uh, when the Spirit of God was moving. You know, he came and he, he looked at us and he just said, there's something about the miraculous, 
Then about four or five years ago, he said, I can't get away from it. There's something about the miraculous. He was just here and, and uh, really prayed. Some things just happened. Some impartations took place. He talked to us about the spirit within, the spirit upon, and the spirit amongst us, right? And so we were just in some meetings here this past week with uh, an isolated group of, of ministers, some that we had never met before. And um, one of the things that came forth, the Spirit of God spoke to us, and he said he was going to increase our territories, increase our territories. And it really came out, he said, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about numbers, although that may take place. I'm going to increase your territories, which means if that happens, there's going to be, need to be more ministers to take territory, right? More people to take territories, ready, prepared to take territories. Then a young minister, we just, we don't know them. We didn't say anything about any of this. We were, we were departing after we had, you know, gotten to know each other, had prayer meetings, just came up, was talking, and he said, man, there's something about miracles in you guys. So God's confirming in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So we don't know exactly what that's about, except for we're starting to see healings, but at the same time, and we've noticed this, and this is something that Pastor Tasha said in passing to somebody, but I've noticed this. That you know what, when there's been, there's been. Together we're going to stand differently than we have before. There's been a place where we've seen miracles and we've pushed up. And I mean, the, 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 the place where we come up to, we know if we step across this threshold, it's there. And boom, all of a sudden something tragic happens. Something tragic happens. Something doesn't turn out the way that we were praying. And it like knocks everything back on its heels, and then there's recovery time. It's a strategy of the enemy to keep us from what God's called us to do. To question the miraculous, that's the strategy of the enemy, to steal your faith, right? You're not the only ones. It's, you know, there's been a few of them that didn't just knock me on my heels, to be honest with you, knocked me on my butt. Not ever expecting, you know, thinking these were people that we were going to take ground for the kingdom with arm in arm, and boom. And you're like, now what? The ones I was linked arm in arm with, I'm, I feel like I'm standing alone. But God said, you're never standing alone. So we, we're, we're going to have compassion. We're going to, to weep when one another weeps. We're going to rejoice when one another rejoices. But we're not going to hold back from what God's called us to do. We're going to see the miraculous. Praise the Lord. We're seeing some things that doctors have said you can't stop, and they've stopped in their operation. But we've been praying and believing and confessing. Not only are they going to stop, they're going to recede, and total health is going to be renewed. So we've seen the stopping, but we're going to see it recede, and there's going to be a testimony that doctors say this does not recede, but we're believing it's going to recede and be made totally whole. That's a miracle. You can say, well, medical science said it could do this, it could do that. But when God moves... Beyond the ordinary course of nature, we have miracles. And we want to be prepared for miracles. We want to see that. We want to be prepared for that. Whatever grace is upon our life, the anointing is there. There's miracles in whatever grace is upon your life. You're carrying something of the miraculous, and we don't want to settle and go, wow, you know. That little thing that happens day to day, but wow, that's really a miracle. 
but there's something that's an intervention of God in the divine course of nature. Things were going one way, and they wouldn't stop except for God came in, the anointing came in, and it changed everything. So the expectation, we sing songs about expecting miracles, but there's preparation to get ready for miracles. God's preparing us for what he's prepared for us, so when we land in that place, we occupy it, we don't get knocked back. We occupy it, we don't get occupied by it. Just simply speaking, people have prayed about things. They've prayed about financial blessing in their life. And when they arrive at that financial blessing, all the work and all the things that surround that financial blessing totally occupy them, and they walk away from God. God becomes secondary to all the finances because they weren't. That, that, that move in their life, that place that God brought them into, occupied them. They didn't occupy it. But God says, I want to bring something so big in your life, whether it's financial blessing, whether it's the, 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 the gift of teaching, whether it's the working of miracles, the gift of giving. I want to bring something so much into your life that all of a sudden it doesn't make your head spin, and now you don't know what to do. It occupies you, and you actually go away from the one who gave it to you. But because you're prepared, and you know where it came from, and you know what it's for, you know what it's for, we begin to occupy, all right? So you all with me? So in this equipping for the saints for the work of ministry, we just want to look at a few things and, and, and check our hearts and, and see how we're doing. So number one thing, when we're serving in ministry, when we're, we're getting ready and we're preparing, the Bible says that we must be found faithful. We must be found faithful. In a generation of free agency, sometimes we don't understand faithfulness. So let's just start at the, the very core, faithfulness, faithful, full of faith, full of faith. So again, if we go back to what we're talking about in the morning, that, you know, I didn't just come to Jesus, pray a prayer, and now, whoo, I'm going to be slammed by the devil all my life, but I get to go to heaven. No, when I asked Jesus into my life, I renounced my old life, I repented. I came to Jesus. He washed me clean of the old things, and I became brand new. And his life came on the inside of me. Do I believe that? Do I believe that? So if I believe that and I'm full of faith, then I'm not living the old kind of life. I'm living his new life. I'm committed to living the new life because I'm full of faith. I believe it. Whether I have a misstep or not, I believe that his life is in me, that I'm no longer just a sinner saved by grace, but grace saved me, and now I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that the Holy Spirit lives within me and is developing godly character in my life. The Holy Spirit rests upon me in the anointing. And if I believe that and I'm faithful to it, man, things are going to happen with my life. But faithfulness, we look at the, the, the consistency of faithfulness. But, you know, you can be loyal. You can come and say, well, I've been faithful for 20 years, but for 20 years it's been a drudgery a complaint, that's not really faithful. That's determined to hang in there. <laughs> but there's something about being faithful. The reason I'm here is because I believe that God's called me here. I believe that God's called me here, that God has something for me here. 
that God wants to develop something more in me here, and he's going to do it with this people, right? So we look across the room. We won't make you intermingle. But if we did, and if I just said, you're going to move, and then all of a sudden you start to shuffle around, you're liable to. Now, this is Sunday night crowd, but so probably not. But you're liable in a random mix to sit next to somebody that's going to make you uncomfortable. Whether because of previous interaction with them or just not what you anticipated. And you're like, please don't do that to us. But it would be really fun. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Musical chairs, we'll get the musicians up here and move around, but sit down. But really in a way, just stay with me in a way, God's doing that if we understand and we're faithful, that God will start to shuffle the deck, so to speak. And he'll say, I'm not gonna, this is not thus saith God, because I'm pretty much sure he's not called to this, but <laughs> it would be just like God to say, you know, all of a sudden start to deal with Scott's heart and say, Scott. I really want you to work in the children's ministry. <laughs> Everybody's like, thank God it's Scott, not me. <laughs> but why would he do that? All of a sudden he'd move over and people would look and go, Scott, why are you here? And he'd look and go, I have no idea. Why are you here? God would say, you're here for a reason. Because you look at each other that way. And if I could get you to work together, I would work out some of the rough things in you about people and work that out in them so that we fit together. But we kind of pick and choose and go, you know what? And I've heard people say this. Well, well, I know Pastor Mark did a call, and I guess, well, God was talking to me. I guess. Well, if you need help with the children, I'll help. Well, just wait until you really get it clear from God. I'm starting to tell our leaders, you know, if somebody's coming and it seems like a drudgery, just tell them to wait until they get it clear. But the reason you're feeling that way is because you don't really want to, but God wants you to. Because if you'll believe God called me here for a reason, as the deck kind of shuffles around, that reason God puts you somewhere to deal with something you don't necessarily want to deal with, but you have to have faith to deal with that. God called me here, and I'll do whatever he tells me to do, because as tough as this is, he's about ready to break something off and reveal something, and it might just be the grace that he's placed on your life. Most of us try to do what we want to do, lest what God wants us to do be revealed. And we might find out God called us to do something we didn't want to do, but actually when that breaks off, we're like, oh, that's it. That's what I've been feeling inside all the time, but why hasn't it come about? Because we haven't allowed the body to develop, edify, build each other up. So when we're full of faith, we believe God's called me here, and I'm staying. And when somebody looks at me wrong or says something to me that I don't like, I'm staying. Well, I don't like it. Well, it's okay. Go ahead and learn to like it. Because we're really good with God's not finished with me yet. 
but he should have been finished with you a long time ago. <laughs> right? We not, come on, give me a break. God's not finished with me yet. But then we get offended like God should have been done with you a long time ago. How could you have looked at me like that? How could you have said that to me? Well, it's easy, just the same way that you're saying that. And so actually, God wants us to interact together, not so we fight with each other, not so there's discord in the body, but so he begins to get us to the position that we could go anywhere he calls us to any group of people and know that he's put a grace on our life to do it. Praise the Lord. And so sometimes we just have this unction. God called me here. I don't know what for. But if God called you here and you believe that, then allow that fullness of faith to keep you in a place and remain in that place because you believe God for God to develop in you. Come on, hang around long enough for God to step on your toes a little bit, bump you around a little bit, look at you a little weird, talk to you a little bit stern, and amongst all that, he will be nice to you, kind to you, merciful to you. All the things you like will be there. But he said, there's going to be some things. And he says, if you can't deal with that with people who love you, how are you going to deal with the people out there who are going to hate you? And you're like, well, the people out in the world, they treat me really nice. They love me. Be careful if the world loves you. Because Jesus said in that covenant reality that you have taken on my life and you look like me, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring in the good news. <laughs> right? But that didn't phase Jesus because he knew who he was. Yeah. And he knew who surrounded him. And when you know that and you go out into the world and you feel rejected, God wants you to come in here and know that you're accepted. Yeah. And then we had to find, build one another up, so we launched back out there into a world that hates us. But in the midst of the world that hates us, there's people out there looking for light. Some won't like it, but others are going to be drawn to the brightness of your rising. So we can't be to the place where, well, I believe God's called me to minister to people until I'm rejected. Wow. If you can't be rejected, you're not really ready for ministry, inside or outside of the church, because that will come. And so within the body, when you feel like, well, it, it didn't go my way, they didn't let me do what I wanted, just stay with it. If you believe God called you here because God's doing something in you, bringing things to completion, the inward, the spirit within is developing things, a strength, a character a strength of character, so that when we go out under the anointing, man, the anointing with the character of God, we'll begin to make a difference. So turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you all doing all right? Verse 1. Paul said this, he said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Faithful. So now listen, we, we're servants of God, 
but we've also been given graces. We looked at that. He said, figure out what your grace is. Paul said this in Romans chapter 12. He said, I speak to you by the grace that's given unto me, that none of us think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but we think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Then he said, listen, there's a grace that's given to each one of you. Utilize that grace. Learn how to utilize that grace. If it's prophecy, prophesy in proportion to your faith. Some people just, you know, it's prophecy, and they go listen to the greatest message, and they want to find something that will wow people, but they don't actually have faith in what they're preaching. He said, man, when you believe, it doesn't have to be a long message, a proclamation of Jesus Christ that you can experience and have faith in. Go ahead and do it in proportion to your faith. Don't preach something that will wow people, but it's outside of your faith. Preach within your faith. So you might say, well, it's just it's redundant. Man, you know, as, as Mark Hankins said, Brother Hagin delivered him from the spirit of repetitivity, reped, repetitiveness. Repetition. Repetition, that's the word I'm looking for. Wow. See, that's why we all work together. Spirit of repetition. Because... He might have known a lot more, but he knew he had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had faith in the leading of the Holy Spirit. He had faith in the love of God. And man, he stayed there, and he ministered in proportion to his faith, and he changed the world, literally, through imparting faith to people all over the world, proportion to your faith. And so, you know, if that's your, your gift or your grace, then you prophesy, you steward that grace you're faithful with it, right? If it's giving with generosity, right? If your gift is giving, so much is coming in, you have a generosity to give out, we don't withhold the generosity because it's, it comes in by the grace of God, it goes out. If it's exhortation, in your, exhorta in your exhorting, right? So when we get together and, and you know, you wonder, should I exhort that person? I don't know if I should. Yeah, you should exhort that person, right? So he said, listen, you're not only graced to serve, you're not only a servant, but you're a steward of the grace that God's given you to serve. And so he said, it's required of a steward who understands I'm serving, but not of my own strength, of a grace of God. That's the way it doesn't become a job. So, you know, many people, they start serving in a church. They used to come to church all the time. Then they start serving, and they only come when they serve. And then they see, it seems like all they're doing is working at the church. But if you came all the time, and then you use your grace to serve, it wouldn't become a job. It would become a joy because I'm drawing on the grace to serve, not just what I can do when I'm there. And when it becomes a joy to serve and you're serving others, you're seeing lives change, then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get together with people and you find that that grace begins to be unfolded and you're sharing that grace with others, right? And so he says, listen, for this, you want to be found faithful. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Wow. What an honor. What an honor. He counted me faithful. 
and put me into the ministry. Counted me faithful. One says counted me worthy. Another translation says he counted me trustworthy and called me into the ministry. Called me to serve his people. What an honor. What an honor. Now again, I, I, children's ministry is just easy to go. We could talk about any area of helps ministry, right? But some people, they get in, uh, uh, in there and they don't go, wow, thank you, Lord. You have found me faithful and trustworthy and asked me, called me to serve your children. We look, oh, oh God, no. Oh, God, no. No, God. No. When God asks you to serve, anywhere he asks you to serve people. See, sometimes we look for the path of least resistance. I have that much time. I'll do the parking lot. Great. Because there's an anointing and a grace when you do the parking lot. Man, I'll tell you, I have seen some graced exhorters in the parking lot. In fact, if you have the grace of exhortation, I would love for you to be in the parking lot. Because you are the first impression at the local church. You're like, well, I don't know. I don't, have to, I don't have to really be good in ministry. No, if you steward that grace and you put somebody in the parking place and they get out and you're like, what an awesome Sunday. Are you ready for what God's going to say to you today? People are like, oh. to you too. <laughs> but man, that's ministering by grace because you're an exhorter. You get to exhort. And when that's the grace of God, not just your personality, right? And when you say, wow, thank you, Lord, for counting me faithful and calling me to the parking lot. Watch out, because you might be exhorting, but that person who gets out and you're like, what an awesome Sunday, and they're going like that, and you say, are you all right? Well, you know what? I injured myself. You say, well, just a second before you go in there. I believe this is your day in the name of Jesus. And now all of a sudden, right there in the parking lot, you're a believer. And it says, these signs will follow them that believe. And because you use your grace of exhortation, somebody got out and you recognize and right in the parking lot, somebody gets healed. It's just how it happens, right? So I've said this before, you know, when I just started learning about this stuff, I didn't know anything, anything really. I knew John 3, 16, just, just heard. I got saved to do something in the kingdom of God, not just go to heaven. Just heard it. Heard that these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. 17 years old, went, went to school that day right after youth group, went to school that day, stuck my head in the locker. The, the girl next to me, she just started complaining about her migraine headache. And I just heard at youth group the night before, these signs will follow them that believe. I thought, well, I believe. So I just stepped back and I looked in her locker. I said, if you let me pray for you, that headache will go away. I had no idea whether it would go away or not, but I just heard. If I prayed, it would go away. So I just prayed. I'd watched, you know, Pastor Mark, my youth pastor, prayed for youth uh, the night before at youth group. So I just said, well, I'll just do what he did. And I laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, I command this headache to go away. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name, amen. We just got back into our locker. 
It was about 30 seconds. She said, wow, my headache's gone. I'm like, well, ain't that something? <laughs> but I'll tell you, that happened a few times when I was 17 years old, and I'm like, okay. Okay. There's something here. I'm not just getting to heaven. There's something here. I mean, God's put a lot of things to the test to keep that going. But, I mean, there's something. If you're just bold enough to say, I believe it. So there's different graces. All right. Y'all still with me? Turn over to Matthew 25, then we'll be done for today. Matthew chapter 25. We'll jump in at verse 14. Maybe you know this, but let's just go through this real quick. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servant, his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one. Now listen to this. Each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he would receive the five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he would receive two, gained two more talents. But he would receive one, dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, You, for you have I've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he would receive the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you have uh, not scattered seed. And I was afraid, went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered him and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown, gathered where I have not Scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have uh, received back my own with interest. So then he says, take that from him and give it to the one who has five talents. And so, you know, in different places, uh, Jesus says, I think five times, four or five times in the Gospels, he says, listen, if you know what you have, more will be given through that faithfulness. If you don't know what you have, even what you have will be taken away. Talks to us about how, again, handling money when we talk about faithfulness. He said, he who is faithful with little will be given much. He who is faithful with unrighteous mammon, right? Or if you're not faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will give you true riches? Right? Who's faithful with the little things? And so really when we start to look at serving God, it really starts in a process of things. That each one is at a state of growth in their ability, and you're given something to do, something that really when we see, it's an honor. It's an honor. 
So this one, obviously the man with five talents who had been there, he had learned some things from his master. Don't you think the commentary is just a little bit uh, odd that two of them that reproduced, they were faithful. In other words, they had watched the master, they had learned, and they believed that what he was doing could reproduce. And so he gave to them, but the one, he said, listen, what I've been watching is you reap where you've not sown, and he made excuses but he had the ability to reproduce one, but he made excuses, and he just hid it and said, I'll just give you back what you gave me. But God wants us to multiply, and he says, if you know what's been put in your hands, and you know that you have a grace and you're studying the grace, then you can multiply what you've been given. And at that place where you multiply what you've been given. So wherever, you know, wherever you're called to serve, it may start somewhere small. But for each and every person, when you're looking, you're saying, well, you know, what's God going to do? When's God going to do something? You know, for me, I feel like there's a bigger call in my life. One thing that you can look and say, what has been put in my hands and what have I done with what I have been given? If I was to give this back, would I give it exactly like I got it because I've just held on to it waiting for a different opportunity? Or have I taken the opportunity with what I thought was small and multiplied it into something greater? Because I'm just telling you that when we get to that point of saying, listen, I'm going to take whatever's put in my hands and I'm going to utilize the grace and the calling of God and be faithful to multiply it, things are going to really explode. There's going to be people at your workplace that are getting born again because you realize the grace that's on your life. When you're serving in the church, you're going to gather people around you. You're going to be excited and honored about the area that God's called you to. And people are going to be drawn to your excitement. And that area is going to grow. And the effectiveness of that growing that area is the body's going to grow. The children are going to grow. People are going to grow. Uh, they're going to feel important as they're walked in. And they're brought in and they're greeted and they're welcomed well. And the word's deposited as worship opens up in a way because we're faithful with what God's given to us. And it's going to spread out. As the body grows, it's going to spread out and affect communities. When you realize what God's put in your hands, yeah. right? That faithfulness that God's put in your hands. He's put in your, your hands. He's put children in your hands. Yeah. Parents, are you faithful to steward those children? Are you faithful with the little things that come? I mean, even from church, we're, we're endeavoring to help. Faithful to help them with their memory verses from Sunday night. Or does life get too busy? Or do you say, here's a priority. Let's get your memory verse down on the inside of you. That's just to help you as a parent know, man, this is my role. We'd be faithful with it. We'd be faithful as husbands and wives to one another. Faithful to God. It just, it moves on and on. What has God put in our lives that he's given us a grace and an ability to steward well and to be faithful to and faithful with? Because as that comes and as revival hits, there's going to be great things that take place. And he says, listen, if you're going to serve me, he said, one of the requirements is that we be found faithful, full of faith, full of faith. But that full of faith creates a conduct, a, a stability, a faithfulness that we're here to reproduce, really, in the kingdom of God, what God has for us to do. So many times, just winds of doctrine come, and there's almost an entitlement mentality that comes. I found my gift. You should let me use my gift. But we'll see over and over. Paul told Timothy as a young pastor that even people who serve deacons, we think they're board members, but deacons are just ministers that serve. He said, even to be a deacon to serve, 
you should be tested. Tested and found faithful. That to serve, you want to hold the word of faith with a pure conscience in your heart. To develop that. The faith, the gift, the grace in your life. Amen? And so we're just going to be uh, establish some of these things that the Bible says are required. Then we're going to talk about the graces and the gifts in your life to unfold them as we serve one another, to watch how the gifts unfold so that we're actively ministering from a grace of God, not a labor of our hands, not a labor of, of time, but an excitement because we're starting to unfold the grace and the anointing of God that's upon each and every life, that every member would be in their place, that we would see the splendor and the glory of God working in the body. And in that, together, we would reach the land that God's called us to and expand. If we believe the word of God, believe the prophets and prosper, we'll begin to expand our territory. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify you for this night. I thank you, Father, for this gathering, this group of people. I thank you for the gifts and the callings of God, the graces that you've placed upon their life. Help us, Lord, as we go through this. We know that we are in an important period of time, an important period of time to rise up as your church, your body, to shine as a bright light, to affect the world around us with the love of God, with the message of the gospel, with demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit, Help us to learn, to equip, to work together as your body. That we might be joined together by the love of God. That we would exhort one another in love and good works. As we exhort one another and build one another up, we go from this place and we are excited. We're understanding the good works that you've called us to in reaching others. And releasing from our life the very anointing and grace of God that others might partake of it. I thank you for souls saved into the kingdom of God at a rate like we've never seen before. As the body rises up and goes forth, that lives will be touched where we work, where we play, where we get our groceries, where we fellowship. God, our, our graces will be seen. Our light will be seen. People will be drawn to you and come to salvation like we've never seen before. We thank you for the spirit of revival. We thank you, Father. Forgive us where we've missed it. Forgive us where we've been apathetic. Forgive us where we've been lazy. God, impart to us fresh oil, fresh anointing for the days ahead. Insight, wisdom, and revelation. Fill us with the knowledge of your will, with wisdom, spiritual understanding, that we might walk in it. We might walk and find the value of every day living and walking with you. That we might touch lives. That we might carry their miracle, the miraculous, in the anointing that rests upon our life. Teach us, guide us, help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to articulate it. Help us to understand it. That we might live it in our everyday life. We thank you for that. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus, far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great week.